good afternoon and welcome to another episode of the Liver Health Pod. I'm Will Kemp and as always joined by my friends and colleagues Paul Gow. Hey Will. Paul, and John LaBelle. Good afternoon everyone. Now I owe everyone an apology I think because we're a bit delayed in the release of this podcast. We were going to record last week but uh, I got caught into the hospital and had to retrieve something from someone's esophagus so we cancelled which is why we're running a week late. So apologies to listeners and apologies to John and Paul. It's been a busy, busy fortnight. Have you been? You've been well? Oh, well, look, I've had a really busy couple of weeks. We went to a lovely, my nephew's wedding in Lawn. So I went to a beautiful wedding, but been very busy with family commitments. All right. Well, today we've got an important topic to talk about today. Um, and it made me... I, I thought of this the other day because we live in Melbourne. We are very fortunate to live in Melbourne where we have some of the cleanest air in the world. And in fact, I looked up the reports and we have we are ranked number nine in terms of air cleanliness out of 131 countries, which is quite impressive. And in the week, well, last week, Melbourne was quite an extraordinary place because we had hail the size of golf balls on one side of the city and bushfires burning on the other. Um, so, you know, we, we live in this sort of strange environment and I guess an environment surrounded by toxins. Um, there's air pollutions. We always get warned about um, thunderstorm asthma from all the pollens that float around Melbourne. But there's also a lot of chemicals in the air and I think that's the same no matter where you live. You get exposed to pesticides and fungicides and soaps and plastics and microplastics and that spawned this sort of concept of needing to intermittently cleanse ourselves and look after our liver health. And so today we want to explore this concept of the liver cleanse and the liver detox. Gentlemen, you got any experience, ever used a liver cleanse, recommended a liver cleanse? No. Like I've never said to anybody, you've got a dirty liver. You know, if that's the, you know, the, a cleanse is to clean out something from your liver that's not healthy. And have therefore not suggested to somebody they need a liver cleansing diet or lifestyle. But again, and maybe we'll come back to it later. I do give people a long list of lifestyle things that keeps their liver healthy and happy. John, you look like you might have had a coffee enema or two in your day. <laughs> um, actually, I think we've all had patients who come to us who have sought liver cleansing diets of some form, and and I, I'm often intrigued by it because the question really on my mind as a doctor is what was the what was the problem that sought you to have the cleansing in the first place and, and in medicine we have tests that we use to see if people have liver injury or liver disease um, and quite often these people have embarked on cleansing without any testing prior to find out if there is a problem but they've sought a liver cleansing because of a perception of of some toxin accumulation they don't feel well or or in some cases it's you know heavy alcohol intake and they're having a rest which actually the rest from the alcohol is probably the best thing that can be done um so so i i do experience it I, i've heard people having you know days of orange juice and days of fasting and and really trying to cleanse the liver um in that way and there are also products as well that people buy and we've we've done a number of podcasts in the past on milk thistle turmeric cumin um and other other 
therapies that have been tried to use to try and help the liver. But we're talking about cleansing, which is is when it's really um, trying to get rid of toxins. Will, like just for listeners, is medically, and we're talking about medical science, is there a medical concept of your liver accumulating toxins for which it needs to be cleared of or cleaned of? I think the answer is no. Um, the liver is in one of its pivotal functions. It's got lots of different functions, and we've talked about many of them on our podcast. Sort of the internet says over five hundred different functions, and one of the important ones is to detoxify um, things that we eat and ingest and absorb from our intestines. And it does that remarkably well. And over time, it doesn't accumulate chemicals or toxins to the best of our knowledge. There are certain conditions that people may have, so hemochromatosis where the liver can accumulate iron or Wilson's disease where it can accumulate copper. But these are obviously unusual or, or rarer conditions. And I think that's, it's worth pointing out. The medicine is as good as it is in the area that it is. I mean, there may be toxins that we can't even measure. But, of course, we should always be trying to, to operate at a level of science where, where we, we're able to test for a condition, uh, give appropriate treatment for that condition, and then test that the condition is getting better. And, and my fear is that some of the cleansing diets um, or, or cleansing suggestions, um, there's no test before or after to show that it's been successful. Although some people feel better, they report they feel better. And there is this concept separate from maybe accumulation of toxins causing a liver that needs to be cleansed. There is in medicine very, very accepted science that your liver can accumulate fat as a non-specific marker of a unhappy internal environment, um, there can be, you know, that fat is quite dynamic. Your liver can become slightly damaged by fat over days or weeks, and you can remove that damage over days or weeks with lifestyle interventions. But again, in most of these people, the cause of the liver fat is is a hormonal problem outside of the liver, and we, you know, the lifestyle interventions change the hormonal problem that is secondarily causing liver fat. So that, you know, their liver fat exists as a Western medical concept that might model in some ways the, um, the separate non-medical medical concept of, you know, your liver needing cleaning or cleansing. Yeah, and I think to pick up on, you know, what you both said and, and John, what you said, you know, medical science has advanced to a particular point, but there are constantly new chemicals uh, being introduced um, which we're exposed to either through our food or our environment or our water source or our air. Um, there is also people I think are quite right to be concerned about um, microplastics entering our food chain and ingesting them and how that might affect us. And I don't think we know. The question I guess we're trying to deal with today is is the sort of intermittent sporadic use of particular cleansing diets that might be a juice cleanse or you know people have used epsom salts or some other detox diet is that helpful to the to the liver i was just just say one one other thing about toxins because of course one of the most important functions of the liver is to to metabolize drugs and, and we've all seen patients who present to us with abnormal liver tests secondary to drugs and we have this condition called drug-induced liver injury so so clearly there are there are chemicals and new drugs and tablets that are prescribed that can in some instances cause injury some of these are, are dose related and some of them are just a one in a million 
so-called idiosyncratic reaction. But uh, clearly there are, there are thousands of other chemicals not labelled as drugs that humans are exposed to. And every year, the number of chemicals that humans get exposed to is greater. So, so I think there, there has to be some vigilance on the part of medicine to be monitoring for abnormal tests. And I think we've all seen patients where we see abnormal liver tests, we don't really know what the cause is, we've gone through a drug history. And there may be some of those do have an environmental toxin they're exposed to. But actually the important thing about this point I'm making is that um, in drug-induced liver injury um, and presumably environmental toxin injury, the most important way of getting better is actually to remove the toxin. Not, not to take something else to try and hope that it will cure you, but actually to remove that toxin. So if it's a drug, you remove the drug. Uh, if it's an environmental toxin, you remove the environmental toxin. And the other, I think, interesting, really interesting concept with liver cleansing is the hypothesis is that um, the intervention that you're doing with this liver cleansing diet or lifestyle is better than what Mother Nature can do, better than millions of years of evolution. So, again, I think there is a lay concept that evolution is imperfect which it is and that liver health needs supplementation that it's missing some special chemical or chemicals um, that your liver function can be augmented by these supplements and I, and I, I, I understand the concept but generally am amazed by how powerful and efficient mother nature is yeah and I, I i think you know i looked online in preparation for this about liver cleanse and there's a huge online market for liver cleanse liver cleanse juices and liver detox um diets some of which have i think grounding in in good science it may be avoiding high processed foods it may be sort of eating lean proteins um, avoiding dangerous fats and i think that's all fine um, but these purges, um, Epsom salt sort of purges to flush the system, you know, there, there doesn't seem to be evidence for. Um, but I did find a recipe for a juice, and I just thought, gentlemen, to get us in the mood to optimise our performance today, we should have a liver cleanse drink, which we've got here. Paul, can you see what looks like a liver cleansing drink over there? What do you see? Yeah, like just before we started the podcast, we'll pour out... Three glasses of quite frightening-looking juice. I'm not really a beetroot lover, but this looks like a you know beetroot-heavy, really viscous. Well, I thought it's going drink. to be blood, actually. So I think he's <laughs> giving us, um, hopefully, not you know the fresh blood of a calf or something to, to cure us of something. No, it's all it's all it's all fruit and vegetable. Do you want to have a sip? Oh, you don't yeah, have to drink yeah, the yeah. whole thing. Yeah, okay, can you can you grab mine, matters. John? I'm weighed down by infrastructure. Here you go. Most people don't realise that, actually. Will is our main techno guy. Um, oh, it's got kind of a swirly pattern on top. What are you... Earthy? Oh, like very I, earthy. I reckon if it's... You know, you, you expect medicine to taste bad, and if that's the case, maybe it's mm. a powerful medicine. It tastes, I would say, as an unpleasant oh, it's got earthiness. juice. It's got almost iron. T- it could be blood. Yeah? <laughs> is it blood? No, it's, uh, it's, it's beetroot. I mean, I think Definitely beetroot, beetroot gives it that, that oh, colour. Oh, it's celery juice. Beetroot yeah, celery. Yeah, celery. Beetroot celery. Can, you, can, celery. You, can you pick another mm. item? It's got nettles in it. Nettles? It's got some green... It's got Like, it's, like thorns? Yeah. No. No, no. 
Bit of coriander, oh, bit coriander. of lemon juice, bit of carrot. Mm. I don't think it's bad. Yeah. I, I don't think I would choose to drink it, but people do, and people drink it for days. I think <clears> in the sense that it might somehow remove toxins. But it's 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 pretty natural, isn't it? Then you know, there's nothing. I mean, this is this is one of the things I think it's important about our diet is it's become more refined, more processed. There's lots of disease, autoimmune diseases, and we're talking about podcast coming up very soon about this but you know this is very natural isn't it yeah there's absolutely not, there's nothing there's nothing come out of a a packet or it's processed it's actually just fresh vegetables fresh fruit fresh leaves yeah i think this concept of of liver cleanse when it involves you know just supplementing a normal healthy diet with a bit of extra vegetable juice is probably very sound i mean i think it probably is good for you mm. i think that the problem can arise when um, these sort of juices are consumed at the expense of other important nutritious dietary products and proteins and minerals and vitamins, particularly yeah. for days when you know, people can become then deficient in those essential minerals and vitamins. Like um, the food thing and the juice thing is sort of really interesting, but when people come and ask me about what they should eat and what they shouldn't eat, I've... I give people really simple advice, and the advice is if it's made by Mother Nature, it's almost certainly good for you and therefore good for your liver. And if it's made in a factory and comes in a plastic bag, the opposite is true. And therefore, of course, you know, fresh fruits, fruits and vegetables are going to be good for you. This is how our liver has evolved. This is the environment it's evolved to work within. And these processed foods are, you know, they are changing now, they have an absolute effect to change our biology, including our gut biology and our liver biology. And they're designed to be incredibly moorish. You know, the quantity of fat, the quantity of salt, the mixture of salt, protein, fat, and the proportions. Food scientists have worked for decades very effectively to find the exact combination to make a person eating that food want to have more and more and more. And, you know, it's actually, I, I use a similar line. I say, if, if you can peel it, if it's got a skin and you can peel it, um, that that's what you should be doing, not peeling off some cellophane plastic or opening up a plastic bag for it. It should be something in its own skin or its own shell, um, and that is that is a natural product. But, the, you know, this is one of the problems that we've talked about before about processed food and that actually the, the calorie, they're very calorie-dense, they contain a lot of sodium, there's a lot of other, other products. And if you look through the average ingredient list of a processed food, there are often 20, 20 other products. You don't really know why they're there. But just again to get back to, do you need a special food or supplement or drink to cleanse your liver? It can, again, it can, the, the basic principle is if you are eating healthy food, then your generally your liver is going to be in a very good state of health. If we're talking about this sort of vague concept of you know liver toxin or you know maybe excess liver fat, which is another model for a liver that could need cleaning or cleansing. There's an emerging concept of, and I must admit I was unfamiliar with this word, but again, sort of looking into liver cleanse, there's this concept of the exposome and the exposome refers to our lifetime accumulated exposure to various toxins and, and from all sorts of sources and I, I think that's ties into this liver cleansing concept where people are very conscious of these toxins and we are exposed to them and in intermittently you know is that worthwhile 
to go on a special diet to try and give the body a rest from those toxins. And I guess that's what you're talking about is that if you stick to a healthy diet full of Mother Nature's goodness, then you probably are avoiding, at least to the best of your ability, a lot of the environmental toxins that we're exposed to. And I think that's it's an important realisation that you, know, you have toxins and actually in medicine we have antitoxins or antidotes that we give for certain liver toxins and, and the one that comes to mind is paracetamol you know we, we give a drug called n-acetylcysteine that if you give within hours of too much paracetamol will we'll actually completely save that patient from any harm um, but cleansing you know, is an implica- implication is that in somehow the toxins have accumulated and you are somehow allowing time for the liver to sort of detoxify itself but I agree with you, Paul. Why, why do you have to go through that process if we just try and adopt a healthy diet all the time? It's, it's going to help our gut. It's going to help our liver. It's going to help our cardiovascular system. You know, the Mediterranean diet, which we've talked about before, is a diet which is akin to our ancestors in the Mediterranean region and, and has benefits on depression, cardiovascular health, cholesterol, insulin resistance, a whole lot of d- different healths. Do we actually need... Mm. And Do we need... A, a liver cleansing diet at all if we have a healthy diet yeah and, and i think my feeling the answer to that is no and we all see a lot of patients with liver disease but i've never seen a patient presenting with liver disease where i've thought if only intermittently you'd been able to clear all these toxins that you're exposed to during your lifetime your liver would have been healthy i think we look for a diagnosis like hepatitis c or hepatitis b or alcohol well the alcohol is the is the one that i comes to mind that's yeah. the only one where i think if you didn't have the toxin um, and the cleansing would be having days without alcohol then then they would actually benefit but you don't don't have to have orange juice yeah. you could have water lemon juice orange juice anything as long as it wasn't alcohol. It wasn't the alcohol yep and the, the other i guess i just wanted to explore the incredible function of the liver in regeneration because that is really unique to the liver. There's no other solid organ that we have that has that regenerative ability. If you chop out sort of half a kidney, it just sort of scars over and you're left with one and a half kidneys. Um, But the liver is special. Paul, you've probably, I I guess, had first-hand experience of this in your work in transplantation um, and and also with liver resection, how quickly the liver can regenerate back to its old self. Yeah, look, again, just to answer that question directly, there is living-related liver transplantation where part of a liver is taken from a healthy person and that part is implanted or transplanted into a person dying from liver disease. The small amount of liver that's given to the recipient grows to be a normal liver and the donors, you know, they're left with a half or two-thirds of liver, that'll grow back to be a normal volume in weeks. So that capacity is incredible. But, of course, it's sort of interesting to step back and think why, you know, your brain doesn't do that, your heart doesn't do that, your skin doesn't do that, but your liver does. And that's because it has evolved in an environment where where it is continually potentially poisoned. So your liver is between the rest of your body and your gut, and of course, over millennia, millions of years of evolution, our gut has been exposed to you know viruses and bacteria and toxins, and has you know a third of it will die, or a half of it will die, or seventy percent of it will die. But it's got this capacity to recover if the toxin is removed without without any long term consequence. I think um, 
people know that I'm quite a bit younger than the two of you and it perturbed me a little bit when I was looking at a paper which was using carbon dating to date the age of livers and it was interesting that it didn't matter they 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 examined livers from people of varying ages from their 20s all the way through to their 80s it didn't matter how old you were all the livers carbon dated exactly the same you know how old your liver is i reckon mine's about 57 years old <laughs> john yours might be 57 i reckon mine is days to weeks old Will. <laughs> they found that all the livers are less than three years old so no the, way the turnover of liver didn't matter how old you were was was always less than three and i guess it just speaks to the fact that the liver like you know, some other organs is constantly regenerative. Maybe John's will start turning over quite soon. <laughs> yeah. John's might start turning. I over think I might need a cleansing well, diet. You're, you're so I'm quite old. When well, you're onto such a winner, you just hang on to it. I think <laughs> that, that is an amazing fact. It is. I, it is I mean, that is ing- so. The carbon in your diet has replaced your liver every three years. Yeah, I think that the hepatocyte. So that is the key functional cell of the liver has a lifespan of sort of 200 to 300 days. But if you take a sort of more sort of high-level view of the liver, which is it's not just hepatocytes, it's got a whole lot of different structures and vascular structures that, that overall the liver's around about three mm. years, yeah, it's oh, which is extraordinary. Um, before we wrap up, I just want to go back to fatty liver, lifestyle and liver cleansing. And I alluded to this a little bit early on, but, yeah, we... There's no really Western medicine scientific concept of your liver accumulating toxins, maybe with the exception of alcohol. But there is this concept of fat moving into and out of your liver, and that is a marker of general health. And there is a really common disease called non-alcoholic fatty liver disease, which we've talked about before. And that is this disease or liver fat, the amount of liver fat, excess liver fat you've got, is absolutely variable on lifestyle factors. And I think we would agree in some ways with the concept of liver cleansing when it comes back to trying to remove or minimise excess liver fat. And John or Will, you may want a concept on those sort of lifestyle variables that can influence that. Yeah, I mean, we, we, this is a topic we've, we've gone into in more detail and we'll go into even more detail in subsequent podcasts. But in fatty liver disease, accumulation of lipids within the liver can cause injury. And and we, we recommend to our patients lifestyle changes which include increased physical activity and exercise, where physical activity is what you do in your hours of work and exercise is what you do in your spare time, and calorie restriction to lose weight. And, and those measures alone have been proven to, to reduce the amount of fat, reduce the amount of injury to the liver. So they, they are definitely cleansing um, in terms of cleansing of injury um, to your liver. And, and these, are, these are injury that you can measure by liver tests and you can measure the benefit after even a short intervention, even after a few weeks of, of these interventions, liver tests start to improve. Um, and, and it's quite phenomenal. If patients lose you know, 5 or 6% of their body weight, they, their, their liver tests can normalise. So, so it's an inc- incredible response. But unfortunately, and we talked about before other things, and, and, and actually I'm going to poll the room here, um, and Rory's not here, so we can't ask Rory, but... Um, to poll the room about what would you recommend to someone who says to you, look, I, I can't lose weight, um, I've done as much exercise as I can, I've got arthritis, I can't do an exercise, what can you tell me I can do um, in terms of diet or any other cleansing measures? What would you, what would you suggest? 
my you know there are lots of things that people can do but the the high level one i think is to identify um a diet which may contain excess sugars so high sugar diets lots of juices lots of soft drink are exceedingly bad for the liver and it's actually the sugars um, to a large degree, which result in fat going into the liver, fructose or fructose, but and even simple sugar. So I think if that that's a one sort of simple thing that people can sometimes change in their diet, and they may not be aware, they may think, "Well, I have a lot of nice fruit juice in the morning," and that, that's maybe thinking that that is sort of part of a healthy diet. But in fact, the sugars contained in that can be harmful, particularly in someone who is very keen to lose weight or who is of an unhealthy weight. Then there are simple things that patient can do paul's already mentioned i think the other recommendations are to let uh, eat what mother nature provides so um, fruit vegetables these are things that are high in fiber um, they've got lots of sort of good healthy chemicals which we know are good for the body system and so i encourage people to do that and avoid high processed foods and the mediterranean diet which we've we've talked about earlier olive oil rather than butter um, not having too much red meat, not ha- certainly not having processed meat. We we know they're 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 bad not only for the liver but also for the gastrointestinal tract. Yep. The other thing I make about your juice, which I actually thought was quite tasty, not not sort of thing I would have ordered at a restaurant perhaps, but actually um, you've you've blended that so there's absolutely no fiber in it. So, so actually, fiber is very important in your diet as well, and and so all these are general sort of health thing, health advice. But really, there's, there's no particular curative liver cleansing diet, is there? That we that we know scientifically, robustly, is going to cure people of of pre disease because these are people before they've even developed a disease. So I think to wrap this up, I think we're coming to the conclusion that we live in a world where we're exposed to lots of different chemicals um, just through our day-to-day living, and there's not much we can do to avoid that. But am I right in saying that there isn't evidence for an intermittent um, fad diet, like a juice diet, like a, uh, a purge-type diet, but healthy living, um, lots of fruit and vegetables, lots of sort of what mother nature provides is what the liver needs the liver has an enormous capacity to regenerate one of its primary functions is to detoxify and and it will do that throughout our entire life rarely running into problems um, so looking after the liver the probably the most important thing to do is just to have a healthy balanced diet is that is that a fair summary perfect will yeah very happy with that summary yes right. very happy Thanks for listening. You've been listening to the Liver Health Pod. See you next time. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of the Liver Health Pod. We hope you found it interesting and entertaining. But remember, while we are doctors, we are not your doctor. You are unique and you deserve personalised medical advice, which is essential for making informed decisions about your health and well-being. Because the information presented in this podcast is general in nature, it may not be relevant to your circumstances. It is not a substitute for professional advice from your healthcare professional. The opinions expressed by the hosts and guests do not necessarily reflect the opinions of the organisations we work for. In fact, those organisations don't even know that we've made this podcast. So if you've enjoyed listening, don't forget to subscribe. You can also leave a review and a rating which will help others find us. Thanks for listening. Till next time.